Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. everybody doing this week big dave and joe with another show here from south florida currently in the middle of the seminole hard rock poker open which uh finished with event number 22 last night was which was the seniors event i want to talk about that a little bit uh all the main events still to come this friday will kick off the main and there's also a couple other big events a high roller uh a eleven hundred dollar tournament and a another uh smaller tournament the uh i guess it's the 2500 and they all will finish up with the big four on august the 10th and that will be uh plenty of simulcasting that day so i'm looking forward to that and now i do want to remind everybody that we are planning to tape a show for next week ahead of time so we will not be live with results or or have the uh the exact outcome but we'll follow that with a show the following week to talk about some of the major events. It is one of the highlights of my poker year. And uh, I, I have to say that this is a little bit different this year because uh, I have to let everybody know that I have tested positive for COVID. I went 17 months since the start of the pandemic without even having the sniffles or a cough. And last week, I got uh, the same and said, well, you know, since I haven't had anything in a long time, I think I'll take a test. So I went down and got a test, not expecting it to be positive, but just to be safe. And over the weekend, I got the notice that I am positive. And since then, I've started feeling a few symptoms, mostly pretty mild. Uh, there is a significant malaise where you just don't feel very good. Uh, I've been fatigued and uh, have a few symptoms, you know, sniffles and uh, a little bit of a cough and and that sort of thing. But, you know, hey, I'm plugging my way through. But the problem is I have to miss work for 10 days and uh, I can't just show up at Seminole Hard Rock with a, with disease and, and pass it around to everybody. Now, for those of you wondering, you have to be stupid at this point to, to get it. That's what I thought. But, uh, hey... I was vaccinated uh, in late March, early April with the two Pfizer shots and felt like I was safe for at least six months, you know, who maybe longer than that. Who knows? So I didn't even think that was a possibility. But all of a sudden, the last few days, we're starting to hear that there are a lot, lot more breakthrough infections. Lindsey Graham, uh, one of the latest to claim um, that although being vaccinated, he now has it. And uh, it does prove uh, the thought that it's not as serious if you have been vaccinated. And I think that's what I'm finding. And I think those people that, that did take the precautions are not going to end up on ventilators or, or passing away due to COVID-19. So uh, that's the news. I don't want to get into it a lot today. I had some show planned for a lot of things. And we will get to that stuff and maybe talk about it a little more next week on the show. Uh, Joe, you had COVID last year. You yep. talked to you talked to me about the loss of taste and smell, which I did not have when I first got the uh, the positive uh, reveal. 
But later uh, that day, yesterday, I did start uh, getting that, and it sucks. I, uh, you know, I love I love me my bacon. <laughs> and when you have a loss of, of uh, you know, any of those senses will affect obviously the others. But to have them both gone, you can't taste that bacon either. Yeah, you can't it, smell it, can't taste it. So you uh, asked me on the phone. You said, uh, "Have you lost your smell too?" And I didn't. I had to say, "I don't know." He said. He said, well, get in and go sniff some cologne or something and see if you could smell it. And I did, and I don't. I can't smell it at all. So I've yep. completely lost my sense of smell and not completely lost my sense of taste, but probably about 90%. So hopefully that will come back in a couple of days. Hopefully you'll be lucky. Right. Yeah, hopefully you'll be lucky and it'll come back in a couple of days. Like my wife and I and my daughter, all three of us, took about three days to get most of it back. But I have some... Uh, you know, some guests in the casino uh, that have had that last over a month, Big Dave, so. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm you looking know, forward uh, to that. Yeah, no, obviously not. So, uh, hopefully yours will be very mild uh, due to the fact that you're vaccinated, so. Okay. Well, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, uh, 22 events in the books, and uh, if I look down at the champions of each event, I've heard of a couple of guys, but, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, last week that uh, Yuval Bronstein uh, won two of the mixed game events. They were small events, event two and event four, but he picked up wins in both of those. I think there was 100 players in one, 113 in the other, and not huge uh, paydays for him, but uh, to to um, to win events, well, I think one was a horse and one was, uh, one was uh, Omaha high-low, so... Uh, you know, it's good to see that. And uh, at some point, I don't think it will be today, but I would like to discuss what the future is of mixed games because we've been pulling for that for a long time, not to mention all the, the hard work we've done to try to encourage women to play. We're seeing some of that happen. And uh, we will hope that mixed games uh, may take more of a center stage in the upcoming uh, few months. Uh, we'll see some of those events at the World Series of Poker. And there are several interesting notes uh, that have come out about that schedule. We'll try to get to that later in the show here today. But yesterday, last night, finished up the seniors event, 50 plus. Uh, the total was uh, 227 players, which is the second highest senior tournament at the Seminole Hard Rock of all time. Uh, last April in the showdown, there was 386, a huge turnout for that seniors event. So nowhere near that, but it is the second highest of all time. And the uh, payoff for first place uh, slated to be 18000 So pretty pretty interesting event. We did have some of our good friends uh, that have been on the show with us in the tournament. Uh, Jackie Scott made the money. Uh, Marshall Wolak is another. And also, a shout-out to a good friend of mine, Billy Cassioli, who finished in 20th place, $910. I've seen Billy a couple times at the Danger Room recently, and he's getting a chance to play a little bit. Really good mixed-game player, and uh, he finished in the money as well. Marsha, I'm sorry, not Marsha, uh, Nancy Birnbaum, another local uh, player of note, uh, finishing in the money as well. So... Uh, we always like to follow that. Joe, you haven't had an opportunity to play in one of those yet. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. And being that I'm back managing, it's going to be even more difficult. I'm going to probably have to wait till I permanently retire 
and uh, start collecting uh, Social Security and, and whatever other else money I can get. So um, I really look forward to that, uh, doing that. But, yep, not well, going to be able to do it right away. I noticed that Tommy Bates, who was formerly ran the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Tampa Room, before Pablo uh, took over last year or the year before, I guess, and maybe uh, he uh, he has uh, retired and he played in this senior event. So uh, he's leading the way for you, I guess. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, and who uh, you, is the tournament over? You the said? tournament is over. Uh, let me give you. Let me give you the winner here. Uh, His name is uh, Ben Robinson. Uh, ben, don't know too much about Ben. Let's see if I can get some details. Yeah, let's see uh, if I can get a little details on him. He was the winner, defeating defeating David Coughlin uh, in head-to-head play. Coughlin finished second, winning twelve thousand. Uh, I looked down this list, and no, nobody—I don't know anybody in the top ten. Uh, but I did mention uh, Jackie Scott was in the money. She finished 18th, winning 1,135. Bill Cassioli, 9.10. Marsha Wolak, uh, I don't see finished in the money, but uh, Nancy Birnbaum, 6.10 for a min cash in 25th place. And uh, Robinson is a resident of Coral Springs. Doesn't says he doesn't play a ton of poker, but he likes the tournaments and. Uh, he, uh, he said he will play from, a little more from time to time now that he's won this event. So uh, that was the seniors event. Another uh, tournament that uh, found some interest for me was uh, the event before, event number 20, which was a $1,700 purple chip bounty tournament with 177 entries. It was won by a uh, Japanese player who is a pretty popular YouTuber over in Japan where he tapes the, uh, you know, basically his life in poker and uh, puts it on his YouTube channel. He has over 600,000 subscribers. His name is uh, Masato Yokosawa. And he came into that final table with a, with just six big blinds. It was the short stat, fought his way back. Uh, they tried to cut some deals down the stretch. He refused. So they played it out, and he wins first place, forty-four thousand nine hundred, which will look great on on the on the blog. <laughs> Absolutely. So he uh, he was the winner of that one, uh, defeating uh, Kirillo Kobazev and Igor Tretiakov. Scott Baumstein, who's had a great year, breakout year here from South Florida, finished in fourth. But uh, a very international fields uh, in this event, and uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, a lot of people probably trying to avoid the COVID, and uh, who knows, they're jumping into the jaws of the lion here in South Florida. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're certainly having some fun here at uh, the Qatar Hotel and everything that has to go with that. So uh, those are the two things that kind of stood out in the late rounds to me. Uh, well, also, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I was losing you there for a second. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just, uh, you know, we're keeping an eye on some of these things. And when you don't have a lot of big-name players that are winning these events or even finishing deep in the structures, um, I don't know, maybe some people are uh, don't care to hear about it. I don't know. That's probably possibly true. 
but coming up today starts the uh, Omaha 8 Championship, an $1,100 buy-in. That just got underway uh, this morning at 11 a.m. There is a 6 Max PLO on tap for later this afternoon. And a super high roller, which starts tomorrow at noon with a $50,000 buy-in. So a lot of great events coming. The Horse Championship is on Thursday the 5th. And then the 6th will start the uh, main event. Yep, that's... And I believe they're supposed to be done by around the 10th, right? 10th or 11th? The 10th is the final day, and that's going to be when all four of those big four events are finishing up. Well, looks like they've had a very successful, uh, you know, tournament series here. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, one other event I wanted to talk about, and this one probably slipped under the radar a little bit because obviously we've been watching Phil Helmuth take on uh, Negranu and Esfandiari. Uh, so in the interim, if you ever wondered how an average amateur player might do against Phil Helmuth, I think we found out because they had uh, a high-stakes duel set up between Phil and an amateur player named Nick Wright, who is actually uh, a broadcaster. So that made for some interesting coverage there. But they uh, they got underway, and uh, they had to decide whether he would do it again after they finished because Helmuth won this match again. That's a seven consecutive consecutive high match high uh, stakes matches and uh, it certainly you know gives him some credence to his braggart that he is the greatest of all time now a lot of people might say Phil Ivey a lot of people might say uh, Doyle Brunson Stu Unger I mean you can go down the list of names but according to Phil he is the one and only greatest of all time so people were talking Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, if he's not, he's probably definitely in the top three. Yeah, for sure. He's a great player. But uh, words to describe Helmuth, uh, they said if you ask 100 different people to describe him, you get 100 different answers. Overrated, underrated, crybaby, heart of gold. Uh, but Phil says there's only one way to describe himself, and that's the greatest of all time. So he is pushing himself now as we head toward the World Series of Poker. And he will be playing a lot of events out there. So looking forward to that. Uh, latest discussion is who's next for Phil. And uh, the big names that uh, people are talking about, including Phil himself, are Phil Ivey and Tom Dwan. And both guys that have kind of been out of the poker scene for a while. Uh, we saw the resurgence of uh, some big name players recently that have came back to play. And uh, look forward to seeing some uh, big names this year at the World Series. So we'll see what happens. I want to talk about a couple of plans for some of those players. But uh, nothing is set yet. Uh, still, um, we'll see what's uh, going to ride on here in the World Series of Poker. There was a video of this match against Nick Wright that people might get a kick out of. It's always fun to see Phil blow up. But there was a hand that uh, Phil had ace-jack and... Uh, the other Nick Wright had 10-6, and Wright got a 6 on the flop. Then the jack came on the turn, and uh, so Phil made a pretty good bet heading into the river. And, of course, what happens? Wright gets the 10, has the pair, and when Phil sees it, goes absolutely psycho, drops 18 uh, F-bombs on the show on Poker Go, and uh, 
you know, so it doesn't take much to set him off, and it, and it did there again. So uh, we'll keep an idea of what's happening. Of course, he has 15 bracelets to his account. No one else has more than 10. And uh, on September 30th, when we start again in Vegas, he'll look for event number 16. Uh, he is uh, planning on playing uh, Raz tournaments. Uh, feels like that is a uh, premium for reading hands. And math and, and general game theory are also important to that. And he says he could win any uh, No Limit Hold'em on any given day. Any of the mixed game tournaments are winnable. He said, I finished in both second and third in horse in 2019. So uh, the list of his uh, great abilities certainly uh, is out there for the public to uh, listen to anytime. Yeah. Uh, Counterpunching strategy. That. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They said he uses a counterpunching strategy that's kept him relevant throughout the years. And his last bracelet was 2018 when he won a $5,000 no limit hold'em. He has an incredible 148 caches in WSOP events, making the final table 64 times. So uh, when you go strictly by the numbers, uh, you certainly uh, have to consider him as, as one of the tops, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some Let's of the other. See if he could take better bad beats a little bit better than he has, but there's a, there's a reason your your competitive juices start flowing when you lose those hands, and you know uh, probably makes him a better player. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, some of the other players coming out that they're uh, going to be playing. Uh, Tony Parker is already in the main event, qualified on a charity event to win a seat, a ten thousand dollars seat at the at the main event. Tony Parker, the former uh, guard for the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA. And uh, from what I hear, a pretty good uh, poker player. We'll see if how many celeb- celebrities are showing up this year. Also, we always keep an eye on Negreanu, who uh, said this is a changing landscape in the world of poker, and you have to adjust to stay relevant. So uh, he's trying to build his uh, momentum down the stretch. There's a big poker go uh uh, tournament coming up, uh, the Super High Roller Bowl right before the World Series. And he said the tough part for him is preparing because it's such a major grind. And uh, he's going to travel to Cabo to play in the GG Poker leg of the World Series online. And then he's got the Super High Roller Bowl and then the World Series. So, um, you know, obviously, as a beautiful wife, uh, Amanda Leatherwood, that uh, he married about a year ago. And he will be having fun there. He said, uh, he said it's fun for me to kick off uh, the series with a $25,000 horse event, a new event. But he said the main thing that's near and dear to his heart is the $50,000 Poker Players Championship. So, and from what I hear, there's now going to be it's now going to be a nine-game event. They added do seven single draw. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. So he will be playing, uh, trying to pick up a. Uh, Big payday, obviously. In 2015 was his uh, tournament. It seems like a, it was just a couple of years ago, but 2015 was the year he finished 11th in that 6,400-plus field. So he says, uh, and when people asked him about uh, what it comes down to, to to make all those changes, to adjust, he said, respect and self-awareness. He said, respect for the younger generation, respect for the fact there's always someone younger working hard to try and make it for themselves. And he said it's so hard to reach the top and stay at the top. So he made a funny joke and said uh, there was a famous boxer one time that said, 
he's always famous and he's won lots of money, and that makes it a lot harder to make that 5 a.m. run in silk, silk pajamas. <laughs> so he said he's always trying to stay relevant. So when he says he feels like he's getting outplayed, he reaches out to his uh, helpers uh, that he consults on uh, strategy and gets in the lab and says, what do I need to work on? He said, uh, so he's constantly trying to prove himself, and, and you got to give him credit for that. Absolutely. No, that's why he's he is who he is and can brag of being the greatest player of all times, uh, probably greatest player of the World Series of Poker Tournament for sure with, you know, 15 bracelets. Um, and it's true. I mean, you know, Dave, the game really changed you know, once uh, Moneymaker won and everybody was playing online, um, I don't know how much you played before that, but like I said... Hardly at all, hardly at all. These people, you know, this this younger generation, you know, got years and years and years of experience in under a year because of, you know, the hours they could play online, the multiple tables that they could play on, and, you know, one of the... I'm sure there's a lot of difference, but they're playing weaker hands from different positions, a lot stronger than than the old guard used to do. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sure that's what Phil, I, um, excuse me, Phil Helmuth is talking about. You know, uh, where he can work on his game. You know, um, but being such a great poker player, you're able to pick it up rather quickly, which is obviously what he's done. Right, right. No question about that. Uh, another player that people are always interested in is uh, Doyle Brunson. Uh, Dolly retired in 2018 and uh, hasn't played much since then, but it says he is coming out of retirement to play a few select events on this year's schedule. He's 87, uh, and his final tournament uh, he last played was a no-limit do seven single draw. $10,000 buy-in into, into 2018. Actually finished sixth in that event and took home 43000 So he went out in style. <laughs> and, and he's obviously been a fixture at the WSOP since 1970. Two main event championships, 1976 and 1977. So uh, people will look forward to seeing Dolly and uh, getting some comments from him for sure. Uh, Phil Ivey's the other guy people are uh, concerned about, and he is also going to play the series this year. He doesn't know if he's going to play a full schedule. He hasn't really decided, but there is an article that just came out by Will Schilbeyer on uh, Poker News uh, on WSOP Strategy from Phil Ivey, and he had a couple of thoughts uh, on what was important in staying relevant over the years. He said bankroll management uh, is one of his keys. Uh, he said it's such a long thing, so you really need to pace yourself because it's such a grind. Uh, he said he stressed not to play over your head. That is, uh, within that bankroll that you have or the budget you set to play, in that way you can enjoy the tournament, name for success and glory while still enjoying it. Uh, playing over your head puts you in a bad place financially, he says. It doesn't have to be that way if you're new to poker. It can be enjoyable and can be a great hobby. Pace yourself. Move up in stakes at the right time, and it'll be much more enjoyable for you. So you need to make priorities the importance. Uh, he says surround yourself with people that help you improve. So that's uh, the second player that we've talked about today that relies on friends and colleagues to really help 
um, you know, improve your game and, and create problems when you have problems. Because you, like a lot of things, you don't see yourself what you're doing wrong, but people that, you know, we always know looking at your golf swing can make improvements. And, uh, you know, so poker is the same way. Yeah, it's funny, Dave. I'm hearing you say all the things that he says, and I'm pretty sure we go back to listen from from our very first show, eleven plus years ago. Uh, a lot of great players have given that advice. You know, um, bank management was always one of the first things that people that I respected and asked them. You know, how do you get to this level and uh, to become a professional and and most of them would have started with bankroll, you know, figure out, you know, what you want to put into it, figure out, you know, what limit game you can start with and, and make sure that you're dominating that, that game uh, before you move up in stakes because it could make a big dent in your, in your bankroll. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mentioned the uh, match with between Nick Wright and uh, Helmuth. Helmuth did win. Uh, it was funny because Wright got out to a two-to-one ship lead early in the going, and for six hours uh, that the match lasted, the first three uh, really was in control. And it was funny because I mentioned that hand when uh, Wright sucked out on the river for a 10-6, uh, beating Phil's pocket, or not pocket, but Phil's jacks. And uh, the story of the tournament online says that uh, – it was uh, it was a hand that Phil sucked out with an eight on the river that got him back in the match, and uh, you know he didn't say anything about that. That was cool. <laughs> no. But anyway, uh, he said uh, Wright admitted, tweeted out uh, to be totally candid. I'm still not over the loss. He had a chance to come back and challenge Helmuth again. He says, after losing fifty thousand dollars, though, uh, am I going to wrangle up another hundred grand to face him again? Regret- regrettably, the answer is no. So um, he felt like he had um, Phil beaten at one point, and uh, says that he blew it and strayed from his preset plan that he was going into the match. And uh, he played a he played a pretty masterful game from what people say. So we'll see what happens uh, when Phil moves on to take on his next challenger. Uh, world, I'm sorry, I was just going to say it's very frustrating when you think you've got an opponent on the ropes, you know, and uh, and they slip away. So yeah. uh, kind of got to get your head 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 headset back in frame, you know, and get it get your head mindset correct. So. So having taken a look at uh, some of the players that will be showing up to the Rio on Thursday, September 30th, or shortly thereafter to play in a whole series of events, uh, we will take a look at uh, what's going on over there. Uh, 8,000 entrants uh, last year, last or in 2019, the last time they had the, the live event, for only the second time in history. So... Uh, People have missed it, and I think that they're going to get some big numbers. Now, obviously, a lot of this uh, depends on COVID and what happens. But there's lots of highlights in this year's event. I want to take a look at a few of those. Uh, kicks off with the uh, October 1st reunion. The reunion has a $5 million prize pool. Now, there's not always a lot of guarantees in the World Series of Poker, but this one is a $500 buy-in. And so you need at least 10,000 entrants to uh, reach the guarantee. So three starting fights on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
You can actually play them all if you want. That's the $500 reunion. Uh, also, there'll be the Return of the Record Breakers, so which is the big tournaments every year and coming back, the Millionaire Maker, the Monster Stack, the Double Stack, the Colossus, and the Closer. All five of those events will return with multi-million dollar prize pools and, of course, a lot of value. Uh, the $25,000 Heads Up this year uh, will have an increase, the buy-in $25,000 for the first time, and a cap of 64 players, so that's going to draw the elite of the game. An interesting event on October 10th that uh, I guess is kind of a staple online, but hasn't been live. It's called the $1,000 Flip and Go presented by GG Poker. Uh, it's an online format that uh, they're trying live for the first time. What happens is each player will be all in pre-flop free, free on the very first hand, will be dealt three cards and get to select two. So one player at the table will win that table and immediately fast forward into the money and then they'll play traditional structure the rest of the way. But uh, Flip down a thousand bucks and you get three cards, and uh, it could be good, it could be bad. <laughs> sounds sounds like pineapple. Yeah, yeah something like that. Cards, this card won before the flop. Right. Uh, so what happens? They're going to do this, and then whoever wins blindly wins that hand on each table, then goes goes to move know. on in the tournament. Wow. And then, then they play traditional structure the rest of the way. Uh, the seniors tournament is uh, 1,000 buy-in again this year, and uh, they had a record-smashing event last time they had it, so they have gone now to two starting days uh, with players allowed one optional re-entry per flight. They're also going back to a lot of freeze-outs. Uh, the only pure freeze-out the last couple of years was the main event, but this year... Uh, just about uh, every level is going to have some kind of freeze-out. So, um, you know, players can't just continue to keep buying in. I wonder if that's just a new strategy, a new direction they're heading in, or if that's due to, you know, the pandemic and and everything else. Cause... No, I, I think they've been thinking about it. It's only on five days, the 6th, the 13th, the 18th, 21st, and 24th of October. So... Uh, it's not all the events, but they definitely want to see what the reaction is. A lot of people do not like the uh, rebuy tournaments, and we'll see uh, if they take advantage and, and participate in some of these. Another interesting event is uh, during the main, the Poker Hall of Fame Bounty, uh, which will invite all the living members of the Poker Hall of Fame into a free roll. Uh, it is a mean 79 buy-in, the first year of the World Series of Poker Hall of Fame. And uh, each participating player in the event will have a bounty. Uh, of these players will have a bounty corresponding to the year that they were inducted into the exclusive club. And a uh, pretty interesting thing about that is you'll be able to take on some of the greats of the game if you're uh, a big poker fan. There's also a nosebleed PLO event this year, $50,000 buy-in. So... Um, this will be scheduled after the start of the main event, and uh, the series also includes 50,000, 100,000, and 250,000 Hold'em events. So the end of the series is going to be pretty exciting when you get knocked out of the main and still want to keep going. So many of the other things still there. They've added to online registration, and uh, which makes it very much a better situation. 
They've expanded their Caesars Rewards program, uh, expanded the number of ways to pay into events, and you can establish a WSOP tournament account, all types of things that they have worked on uh, in the time that they've kind of had off away from the Rio, and we'll see how that goes this year. But looking forward to a great series as we uh, head towards September 30th and, and get underway with that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, too, you know, being away, that excitement of so many people there. Uh, let's just hope everybody can stay safe. Yeah, it's uh, things could really go south between now and then, who knows, but uh, certainly is interesting as well. Now, uh, we talked about the effects of COVID. I didn't want to get too deep into that tonight, but the first domino has fallen with regards to COVID. And that is the huge tournament that they have in Jacksonville every year, the WPT Best Bet Scramble. They have postponed that. It was scheduled for their main event August 27th through the 31st, but the festival was set to begin on August the 13th. So they had to make a, make a decision. They said it is not uh, canceled. It is just right now postponed, and a new date will be determined. So... Uh, the casino is still open up there, but uh, they were worried about the large crowds that would come in. And they've done very well in Jacksonville at Best Bet over the years. So, uh, you know, they're responsible for a lot of uh, a lot of people in these places. And with what's happening in the whole state of Florida, uh, certainly they had to make a decision here, and they have done that. So the Best Bet scramble has been postponed, and we'll keep you posted when that new date comes out. Yeah, and you, you're not kidding when you say they do real well. They're, they're no, June's numbers just came out, and, you know, last few months they've been well over $2 million in revenue wow. in their poker room up there, 2.3, 2.4, Biggest and, in the state, right? Uh, yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. you know, before they, they opened up, it was always, remember, it was always the Isle and, uh, and the Palm Beach Kennel Club that kind of, you know, took turns on the lead, you know? Right. And maybe uh, uh, Derby Lane for a while there, and maybe uh, Daytona Beach for a while Well, there. let me tell you, they, as far as I know, they never quite got over a million, which is the numbers that they were producing, you know, years ago. And when the uh, when Palm Beach Kennel Club had the, uh, the, the WSOP uh, circuit event, their numbers would get close to $2 million or just, just above it. But it took a, you know, a 10, 12 day, uh, tournament <laughs> to, to get to that. And, uh, you know, kudos up there. I can't remember the, 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 the woman who's in charge of the room up there. It's, uh, uh, Deb Giardina. Yeah. Deb Giardina. Yes. Congratulations to her and her team up there because, and also Jesse Hollander, who we had on the show many times. We've had him assistance. a few times on the show, if I'm not right. mistaken. Right. And, they've uh, they've, they've become one great... of the big rooms in the country. Let me tell you, that is, that is you know, that, uh, listen, I know what it did to, to produce half a million dollars a year. So you're talking they're doing more than four times those numbers, more than three times what Hialeah and Magic City do down here consistently. Uh, that's a lot of work. A lot of uh, a lot of personnel that you need to be able to produce those numbers. I do know, Dave, that they do real well on their DP. They have twelve tables up there, and uh, same company that we use down here works up in Jacksonville, and they're telling me that those tables are constantly full. Yeah. So um, it's amazing, you know. 
Uh, I'd love to know what their exact poker numbers are because when you see those numbers, it's a combination of both of them and it doesn't oh, okay. break it down. I got you. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of surprised me is uh, how those uh, you know, designated player games, how incredible some of the, the prize money is. Guys are betting 300 to a thousand dollars a hand, and if you hit a big full house or something, you know you might make uh, twenty thousand dollars or more. Well, listen, we had a guy who hit a one card royal uh, a while back in the ultimate hold'em, and uh, all he had, I believe, was uh, ten dollars on each of the bonuses, and one of those paid him. Uh, Oh, it's an incredible amount of money, over $10,000, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that, um, for for that. And it was a one-card royal. The other day, we had a kid who played the bonuses, uh, and the two bonuses in those games are the pocket pair, and the other one is the trips are better. And the board read four nines with uh, a three, and the uh, the designated player was six high. They had to do six in their hand, and the guy, the guy wins and gets paid, to, you know, a couple of thousand dollars uh, with a uh, with a nine. I mean, with a ten in his hand. That that was it. That he was ten high, and the dealer. So he got four of a kind with with you know with that hand. And it's strange because you can win those hands like that, but uh, the odds are really against you when you play those games. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, uh, a lot of people just use it as a time killer while they're waiting for a spot at a regular table. It's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, there are the hardcore uh, people who love those games. Uh, I'm not real uh, adept at uh, the rules and how to play them. I really have never taken the opportunity to do so. But uh, I guess they're a lot of fun. Well, uh, how busy are they with the TPs up there in Dania? Uh, I would say sometimes we'll have three tables going, but not always. Uh, you know, sometimes we'll go hours without out, out opening one. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the excitement is definitely there. The dealers are really excited. Uh, yeah, you know, the dealers love working those games. They do now. We hated it with a passion before when, when there had to be shared tips there. It was pure torture uh, when I started dealing that at Dania, to be honest with you. You know, uh, Omar, who was in charge back then, didn't want to go to, uh, which never understood being a dealer himself for many years, how he didn't want to go to the individual tips, which every dealer there told him, hey, let's do this, you know, and uh, he didn't want to go along with that. To this day, I still have no clue as to why he chose not to do that. Uh, but as soon as we opened our room, we did that, and like you said, dealers love it because uh, the only chance you got to make a real killing as a dealer if you hit the right customer, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, also, the dealers get pretty excited about having a high hand uh, at their table because most of the people, uh, you know, not all, but a good number of the people uh, leave their dealer uh, pretty solid tip. Some people said usually maybe about 10%. So if a guy wins a thousand, you might make a, a, a C note on that. Um, 
that's one of the big things. And then, of course, uh, the supervisor, that's probably as one of his rare opportunities to get a tip is to pay those out uh, physically and uh, get take people their money. So um, high hands that drive the people coming to the room, no question. But it also is a big part of uh, the poker dealer and poker room staff's uh, income. I'm sorry, Dave, you broke up on me on that last statement that you made. Well, I just say it's a big part of the employees and their, the money they make. Uh, so, you know, they're, they, they're very happy that there's plenty of uh, high hands. We've changed our structure a little bit at Dania. Uh, from the first hour of the day, they now went to a $400 uh, high hand each half hour from 9 to 9.30 and 9.30 to 10. And then those trifectas, 1,600, 400 kick in at 10. So... Um, plenty of opportunities all day long, and uh, you know we laugh and kind of poke fun at some of the players for uh, only being there for the duration of the promotion. But it's uh, basically what we live with now in the world of poker. Well, that's what we live with, Dania. You know, uh, unfortunately, my room has a lot of that too. I mean, we we've been doing you know well with it, but they're no longer playing poker. Those players that are chasing those are playing bingo. Yeah, that's all they're doing. Cause I don't know if you hear the complaints over there. I do. They don't win a high hand. You know, they they start bitching and moaning uh, how much money they put in. I always tell them, I go, that's because you're not playing your hands. You know, you you flop a set and you don't bet it, and you let somebody who would have folded with a with with a dollar bet, you know, uh, into the pot, and all of a sudden he turns uh, a turning river to flush or straight on you. You got no one to blame but yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's uh, let's take a break here in the program. Uh, when we come back, uh, a couple more things to talk about here on uh, this edition of Poker Action Line. Again, the uh, World Series, or, or excuse me, the uh, SHRPO going on over there, and it's been tough. I've had the COVID, so. Uh, over the weekend, I was working several days, and I had some big plans to go there for some of the main events this week, and that is out now. I can't walk into that room uh, knowing in my heart that I'm that I'm uh, testing positive. I mean, there are people that probably would do that, you know, and be selfish, but uh, I can't do that. I take this whole uh, situation with the pandemic very seriously, and we'll see what happens. So when we come back, we'll talk about a couple other things. Uh, tournaments go on around the country. Uh, the big WPT Choctaw event finished up last week. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly. A uh, new poker movie is on the horizon called The Card Counter, and I wanted to get to that. And we'll try to talk a little strategy as some of the major players in the game talk about position, playing with position, and how important that is to the game. So we'll get some of Joe's thoughts on that as well. We'll be back with more of the show here on Poker Action Line. We hope you stick with us. We hope you'll join us every week as we uh, move forward into the fall here and head toward the World Series of Poker. We'll be back right after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode. 
and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky, the eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. shortly for uh, the second half of the show here, or the last portion of the show. Um, obviously, uh, not a lot of interesting things since I can't even go over to that tournament, but uh, reading the stuff online, it's tough to come up with some good information. Uh, Joe Costello, you had some thoughts on that. You've obviously uh, been to uh, different states recently covering the uh, NHRA uh, action, and uh, do you find that when... Uh, John Force or is one of his daughters is not in the finals. Uh, you're lacking uh, excitement at some of these events. Well, I, I draw a lot of parallels, honestly, to what we do. As, as crazy as you might think, like uh, they're both relatively new, popular television sports that people are following. We've seen it with NASCAR recently. Also, you get people that achieve stardom, star power. You get to know them, know their personalities, get excited about them. They get fans, and then eventually they go away, right? Whereas in, right. in baseball, football, there's always the draft. There's a new uh, pipeline of stars coming up. You followed someone locally or regionally in high school, maybe. You definitely followed them as they were on your college team that you follow. And so when a star in the NFL or Major League Baseball, the NBA or otherwise, they kind of come up through a pipeline. Whereas our stuff 
uh, racing and poker, people kind of pop up randomly from everywhere. And so in NASCAR, for instance, when Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, these guys all retire, then you've got all these guys that you don't know. Like, who are these guys? Yeah, they're talented, right. I guess. Right. But who are they? Why should I like them? Why should I follow them? Why should I care just because they're sitting at a table playing cards? There's people playing cards everywhere. And that's the responsibility of the series of the media people to shepherd the viewer and find that what's interesting look at these olympic games we're in the middle yes. of right who cares about any of these people honestly that's why they spend all this time building their profile showing you who they are where they are where they came from who their family is how hard they work it's an effort to build a connection because in the end it's not about the game it's about the people right you want to root for a person that you relate to and maybe poker right now is going through a, a bit of a valley, uh, peaks and valleys. They had their initial burst onto the scene. You can tell me when it was 15 years ago uh, when the moneymaker thing that Joe referenced happened. That was the first time I really got it when they decided to put Texas Hold'em on television. Prior to that, I don't think people would have really thought watching poker would have been interesting but right, it was right. interesting and and then you had these captive personalities like wow these guys they're cool man doc holiday except real life and we get to watch them and now you have this uh maybe a valley of personalities where nobody seems interesting right now there's got to be an interesting person and you got to catch lightning in a bottle also like one of the right. interesting people has to go on a run at the right time and do some cool things and that can bring back the interest. But you can't force it. If you force it, people know right away and they reject it. I mean, I think the obvious parallel is the Olympics this year with Simone Biles. Uh, there are people that saw she was not going to compete that said, well, you know, I'm not even going to watch the gymnastics. But you would have been truly missing out on uh, Suni Lee and, and uh, you know, uh, Jaden, I forget her last name, that won the, uh, the floor exercise gold medal. Uh, and it's been it's been great that uh, those people, you know, have emerged in the shadow of Simone Biles and have gotten her complete support when she was on the sidelines. So uh, it's a natural progression in just about any sport. But you have to uh, you have to support it. The stars are not the most important thing. And that's, uh, I think, the point you're trying to make. Well, absolutely. And not only trying, I feel like it was a very effective point, Big Dave. But anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, there the game. I, it, think, it, I think Joe liked it. The I did. I definitely did, and, and it made a lot of sense to me, Joe, you know, which is true. I think what's missing is, uh, you know, while listening to you mention that, um, how colorful the poker players were before that, you know. Uh, as Dave mentioned before the break, Doyle Brunson coming in, you know, uh, talked about Phil Hellmuth from the 90s. These were all not just great poker players, but personalities. Great great characters you know uh, if it was a, a cartoon a movie you know they uh Madisau from that era you know some of the younger ones have that now we talk a lot about um oh good lord the gentleman um that has all these uh, the rings um, um the guy from the aisle that has all the rings dave uh circuit event rings oh uh maurice hawkins maurice hawkins Okay, he's one of those that, you know, good, bad, or, or in between, um, you know, is a character. And I, you know, when when I was listening to Joe talk about this, I said, yeah, you know, we, we kind of need that. You know, I don't know about you, 
but they seemed to be pretty bland. You know, the the excitement was reading the hands. I used to enjoy the hell out of watching Daniel Negrano do that. You know, his personality, the way he spoke about everything there, and, um, you know, uh, as Joe was talking about that, you people have to kind of step up, but that's... <laughs> That's something that made a lot of sense to me. So, well, thanks for bringing that up, Joe. Well, I see parallels in uh, a lot of things, like in our world, the world that I'm, a, you know, um, cover on my WFO radio or work for the NHRA. Uh, funny cars, people. You guys probably don't know what funny cars are, but funny car no, racers. No, we, we do. Okay, but prior to even right now, it's a television sport, and they're winning fifty thousand dollars for an event and everything. There was something called match racing, where they were barns. <laughs> barnstorm the country and and it wasn't you weren't getting a big paycheck you had to go earn your money and they were characters jungle jim lieberman john force they would go uh snake and mongoose don the snake prudhomme tom the mongoose McEwen. they would go around the country and they they cultivated their personality their character they were these larger than life superheroes my heroes weren't spider-man and batman they were tom the mongoose McEwen and snake and shirley muldowney and big daddy don garlitz these characters well as time has gone by, we have the same complaints right now in drag racing. People think that, you know, the new drivers, the kids of the of the stars of the past, you know, they're more sanitized and they're vanilla and they grew up with everything and the sport isn't what it was. Same with golfers. Think of Chichi Rodriguez. Think of Lee Trevino. Think of those guys. Their swings were all different. Now everybody's got the same swing, right? Because we got computers and videos and we analyze and everybody's got the same swing and nobody's a character because they go out on the tour and they're making tons and tons of money and so they're separate from that common man. Like, there's, it happens in everything. It's happening in everything, and I think it's just part of our sport, our, our sporting world. Poker, now all the, every math geek in the world, right, who can, who's got great retention is like, dude, I could go play poker and make a lot of money. You don't even have to be a personality. You just got to be a savant, right? You got to just know the numbers, and you sit there behind your sunglasses and just you know, read the cards and that's it. And maybe that's a lot less interesting than it was once upon a time with all these characters that were good with a pistol and, uh, and cards. It's just the way the world is, but you're going to have to find your personalities. You're going to have to cultivate them and hope that they've got what it takes to win a big uh, event at the right time and bring it back. And if you don't, well, they're still going to play the games because there's a lot of money out there. You're just not going to have uh, big crossover audiences. Right. For sure. Well, uh, you know, things move forward and uh, things change. So uh, I'm not really complaining, but I do enjoy as a poker media person having the big names uh, at the final tables, creating that excitement that's uh, special. So let me ask, though, who's who's the who are those people, right? Like, who are the people that are on the brink, on the precipice? Uh, someone that we know of, but they're not great yet, but they're interesting, but they're a character, but they've got something. You know, like a la- like in our world, the lady racers are the ones that are jumping on the scene. Leah Pruitt, who is engaged to Tony Stewart, just won a big race that I was at this weekend. She's a, a social media superstar. She's great looking. She's modern. She's, gra- she's great. And she's bursting into superstardom because all these things are converging and she's winning races i could give you names like that as the people who are going to carry the sport for the next five and ten years who are those people in poker and how do they get the attention well i'm seeing women uh, kind of emerge in that role a little bit vanessa cade uh lexi gavin uh a lot of women that are starting to show up in some of these tournaments and 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 obviously pretty girls that uh you know 
will make a TV production all that much better. So uh, I don't want to be sexist about the whole thing, but uh, the thing we've been pushing for over the years is getting women involved in poker. And, uh, you know, that's part of the upcoming uh, excitement, I think, that this game is coming. We'll have to see what happens in the World Series this year, but I'm sure that when you finally have an event now after two years that uh, you get the coverage and CBS will be handling that this year instead of ESPN. So uh, we'll see a whole brand new approach to covering TV poker. So I'm looking forward to the series this year because of that. Let me tell you something. Do you remember you know, when ESPN carried this and they would, you know, I still remember them highlighting some of the characters that went deep in these tournaments that they were, you know, filming uh, to show us a little bit later. And I found that interesting with most of the people, you know, and I think that's something that's missing in that regards that, you know, you got to f- form a bond with, with, with some of these players, like Joe said, with the people who were his heroes as he was growing up. You know, for me in, in poker was, you know, Stu Unger hearing that name and, you know, just following poker in general, Doyle Brunson, Dolly, and then it switched over to Howard Lederer and Daniel Negrano. You know, and um, outside of Jason, because of the personal, you know, feelings that we have in local guide, Dave, I, I don't find myself rooting for anybody so much. You know, well, we we spoken about our friend Al Gomez, and I've known Al for many years, and when he does do something well, um, you know, I I smile, I'm happy about that, but there's no one that stands out to me. Yeah, you mentioned Jason, and uh, that's a good p- point because I've I see a definite limited shelf life for a lot of these players. I think of the guys, uh, even just locally that we've covered over the years that we haven't seen much of recently. Uh, Matt Waxman, uh, Noah Schwartz, Jason Mercier, uh, the Grinder, and his brother Rob. All these players we haven't seen much lately because of one reason or another. And you have to develop the new players. So there's no question that's a big part of the, of, of what's coming. And, and guess what? It's going to be even harder unless, you know, like you said, the, 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 the people who are televising this uh, make these people must-see poker TV uh, because the fields are so large that yeah, right. that makes it that much harder for them to get to a final table, you know, to make an impact as great of poker players as they are. Um, so... It's a wonderful thing for the, for the for the poker rooms and the poker world in general, but again, nothing that kind of jumps out at me. I used to love to pick up the card players from back then to, you know, see whose picture was on that card player, and I always right. dreamt of having my picture on there 30 years ago when I started, you know, right. uh, reading card player. We didn't know who a lot of these people were, and, you know, that made it kind of exciting for some reason. I don't know if it's just age, but I don't find that that uniqueness anymore. That 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 value of wow, you know. Yeah. I like to play like that guy. So. Well, well, if I can jump in one more time, and I'm sorry, I just uh, you got me going, and that's how it works. <laughs> this is not a really great time in the world right now either. Like for us to be wondering, like where are the big personalities breaking out that we can follow and like and and uh, cheer on? It's not. It's not the best moment right now. For we're barely able to put on events at all period whatever the event is like we're lucky to have events going at all people are still 
uh, struggling and dealing with uh, everything associated with the whole pandemic deal. And so, you know, for people to be these big, colorful personalities, it might not even be the right time for that kind yeah. of stuff. There are some times where you, uh, you advance and there's some times where you survive. And I think that this is a survival moment for everybody. Let's keep the games going. They put the games on there, there and, and, and just see, but not expect uh, another aspect that I hear you guys talk about all the time as I'm listening on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud to poker action line, please subscribe uh, is the international aspect of the game, right? With like, let's be honest. Who cares about these people, man? We don't know who they are. We don't know, you know, even their culture is so different. They're playing the game. You're reading a name, but we don't know them, who they are, what they're about, what they stand for, what they think, what they like, nothing. They just won a tournament playing poker. That's not enough for someone to become a fan and follow and follow along. So I think you no, have to I agree. And now we've missed a whole year of uh, World Series action on TV and uh, on all that stuff. So uh, we'll see if it gets back to normal here this year. But that's a big part of it. Listen, we're uh, running out of time here on the show. I did want to mention before we leave that there's a brand new movie that looks like it will be very successful. It's called The Card Counter coming out on September 10th. The executive producer is Martin Scorsese. And it was written and produced by Paul Schrader, who's a well-known uh, film director. And uh, he is uh, bringing this to the screen. It's about a professional gambler uh, who grapples with decisions he's made in his past. Now, card counting is obviously appointed to blackjack. But this guy, uh, whose uh, character is uh, interesting, named William Tell, uh, played by Oscar Isaac, is a successful all-around gambler, learned to count cards, went 10 years in prison, and then basically became a successful poker player. So you'll be seeing some good poker. And to keep it legitimate, uh, Joe Stapleton is uh, the uh, comedian and commentator, has been hired as a poker consultant for the film. It stars Willem Dafoe and Tiffany Haddish coming out September 10th if you want to check out uh, the trailer, it is on an article on a card player, so check that out as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that, and we'll see what happens. Uh, both Joes, thank you very much. Uh, we are headed out the door here for another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, next week's show will be one that we are taping ahead of time, so uh, we won't have a lot of uh, tournament information, but we certainly uh, will talk about some of the major problems in the game of poker, and we hope you'll uh, look forward to tuning in next week on that one. Uh, this one, tell all your friends about it. Send uh, If you pick it up on SoundCloud, send a, there's a place where you can send a tweet. You can send a, uh, an email and uh, transfer it to one of your friends and check it out. So uh, certainly look forward to that, and uh, we will be back next week with another show. Joe, uh, I know things are busy in your room. Uh, how are you doing uh, with the business there? Well, uh, let me tell you, we, we ended the month very strong, thank God. Um, I believe I mentioned our my uh, $7,500 small little tournament compared to some of these that we've been talking about on the show, but uh, great response. Uh, wound up giving out 8800 in in money from a $7,500 guarantee. Um, and seems like our, our Saturday promotion is going over very well. Every Saturday, you know, we're, we're, we're just about at max capacity. Uh, you know, we're still at, at eight, eight and going to nine tables, seven handed. So, um, okay. 
little by little, making the yep, room better. For, so. for sure. Don't mean to cut you off, but we are uh, out of time. And we will be moving on. Uh, Joe Costello, thank you again. And uh, look forward to hearing everybody on the other side of the mic next week for another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 